Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis, and this is your Faves Faves. I never know what people are going to share. So tea, first of all, I need to understand why is this something that you love? Like, is this a ritual in your life? How does it show up? Tea is is a big ritual in my life. And anyone that knows me attributes being with Lorraine with tea in some capacity, at least the, the people in my in my personal life. I'm not even sure. I come from a tea culture. I'm a colonized creature. So I come from the Caribbean and we were colonized by the French, the Spanish, and then the British for a very long time. So that whole tea culture came to us from from India, among other places. And so I've always been a tea drinker, but I think in my in my sort of adult years, I've become a bit of a tea fanatic. Mm. I think a few I think in my twenties I used to be a, a a serious coffee drinker and then I had migraines. And so it was one of the things I had to stop. And so it was a natural sort of shift to tea. But now, oh gosh, I mean, I, I have a pot and, and, and right. And it's not staged. It really is. It, I have tea every day and I have different teas for different times of day. And I have tea rituals that start my day and end my day. And so what would you like to know about? Well, so I have so many follow-up questions, actually. So first, I'm curious, do you have a collection of different teapots and tea cups? And is that part of the ritual of of this experience for you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, very much so. Oh, gosh, yes. Okay. I have, I have, oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. I have teapots for different moods. (laughs) I have teapots for different, different activities. I will choose between particular teacups and so and I'm a big teacup and saucer girl. It's almost it isn't tea unless it really is in a sauce with a teacup and a saucer. Wow. I'm really fanatical about the whole saucer thing too. That's the bread in me. This teapot, like this, this tea, and people give me gifts of teapots and Teacups. I, I often go to antique stores and I will give teacups and sauces as just gifts to friends or you, as a dinner party you go and you, they get teacups and sauces. And so I my daughter will tell you, for example, the last time we went to Paris, which was a few years ago, that you know, most people go, they buy shoes and couture wear. And I spent an entire afternoon in a tea shop. She was oh so bored. <laughs> Um, but I had, I loved, I had tea tastings. And by the time we started talking about the different kinds of teas in the shops and, and tea people are fanatical. So that you start talking with tea, with tea people, it's not like American tea at all. The For me, <laughs> and I'm going to sound a little crazy. I know that the, the, the water has to be Boiled. Okay. It it can't be hot. It's not about hot water because hot water is subjective. Okay. The temperature of boiling water is not is math. So. (laughs) So 
funny. This is so. And, and I can taste the difference. Right. I can taste the difference. I, I hate that I can taste the difference. Um, tepid tea is like nails on a board for me. It's like um, awful. Right. Um, and so the ritual of it to make a, a proper cup of tea for me is you boil the water and you heat the pot. You must heat the pot. Well, how do so you even heat a pot? This is like you are you are blowing my mind right now. I know, I know. No, it's, I you don't understand. I, I do love it, it, and I do it. I, I do it automatically. <laughs> I have a so, nightly tea ritual. It's actually really sacred in my life, but it is not anywhere. So I so I'm laughing because I'm like I'm about to steal everything you're saying. Like I have my grandpa's kettle. And every single night I make a cup of tea in my grandpa's kettle. And it's a very sacred practice because he was so special in my life and he's gone to heaven, but it's like a, it's a, it's a thing every single night. And so, but never have I thought about having like a special teacup and I definitely don't have a saucer. So I tell me all the things I'm here for this. And all tea rituals are sacred and all of them are terrific. And so mine is just a little perverted. That's all. (laughs) Uh, you pour hot water in the pot and you actually oh. just swirl the pot so that you heat the pot. It's all sense. about the temperature and the color because I'm a black tea drinker primarily. Okay. I'm just starting to really enjoy green teas, but I do milk with my tea, right? And so you heat the pot and you know you also heat the, the strainer if it's a metal strainer, so then anything that's going to absorb the heat of the water, I make sure it's the same temperature as when I actually start to brew the tea. So smart. And, and then I heat the cup so that when I pour the hot water into the cup so that my cup is also really hot yes. and warm and lovely. And so because it's black tea primarily, then the cream and the milk that is used, it's really important. And because I'm a colonized creature, I come from the Caribbean where we have a tradition of, I'm very particular, it'll sound weird, but I do evaporated milk in my tea because it's thick and creamy and Mm. it's got a little bit of sweetness to it. Yes. So um, without doing branding, I have a can right here. (laughs) I will pour it into a, a milk server, but I'm talking to you. And so it's right here on my desk. Gosh, this is a dream. Okay, so we're doing a top five list. Is your, are you going to do your five favorite teas or your five favorite like accessories for tea? Oh gosh, I can do, I can do, I can do any of them. But um, you, you, what will make your heart happy? What makes my heart, I'll give you my top, my top favorite go-to brands. Okay. I'm obsessed right now with Mariage Frere. They are a, a French company. And they are exquisite tea makers. I mean, I actually want to do tea tours in India, um, actually, like as a vacation. The perfect vacation for me would be a tea tour. Um, <laughs> and so I go to the, to the fields and see how the leaves are grown and harvested and dried and all of that. And so Mariage Frère, my favorite right now is Wedding Imperial, which is a black tea, but it has a chocolatey finish to it. And so it's, I brew it very strongly. I, I, I kind of like my tea like, like mud and then alleviated and relieved with an inordinate amount of cream so that uh, 
you might almost call it like a latte, but it's not. It's it's just wow. vibrant and and rich and complex in my mouth. So mariage frere. I but that's you know, I wake up in the morning and I open my tea cap and I go, What do I what mm, do I need today? What what is the right choice? What am I in the mood for? And it's loaded with caffeine, so don't get me wrong, you know, it gets me going. It's diesel. Okay. It's this this is not for the faint, this is not the casual tea drinker tea, these teas that I'm talking about. So And is that one that you found when you were in Paris? Like was that at the tea shop? Oh, yes. okay. So that is that is that a more recent discovery? This was one of the ones that they recommended a few years ago that I, I'm now obsessed okay. with that I order from Paris in, you know, large amounts now. And I even give it as gifts. In fact, I just gave a small can of it to to Queen Latifah, who turns out to be a tea aficionado. I was so pleased that we had that in common. She's not nearly as fanatical, but she loves tea. So I just gave her a can of that. And my go-to is PG Tips. You know, you can't beat a double bag of PG Tips. You know, you got to double bag it because... um, you got it on the wagon. <laughs> and then you wait for the right strength, and it's all gauged on the color uh, when you pour the milk. Then you know it has to be that perfect color, caramel color. PG Tips, I lived in Ireland for quite a bit. And so, oh my gosh, Barry's is another favorite go to. That's an Irish breakfast. Okay. I really love Barry's Irish breakfast. And I've got friends in Ireland who will send me boxes of it. I, you can get it in the States or online, but I, I tend to like it sent from Ireland. And that's kind of an over-the-counter staple there. But golly, it's really good. Um, it's a solid tea. And Harrods Earl Grey, you can't Now that Harrods I've had, Earl. and it is fabulous. Harrods Earl Grey is, is, is very fine. <laughs> I'm writing notes because I want to, I want all the things you're saying. I'm like, I want to make sure that I have these. This is a whole, you know what it is, is like, I feel like when people are passionate about a subject, they are so much more present in that moment and, and appreciative of this thing that other people may take for granted or, or may not really sit inside of. And I think any of us who are listening to you describe, number one, we all want to have a tea party with you because I just, oh right. I do, I do great tea parties. I, bet. I give. I bet, but I also feel like it's just in order for you to appreciate the nuance of this as much as you do, you have to be fully present in that moment. You know, you're Mm -hmm. slowing down. You're not rushing to the next thing. You're not, tea is not a fast process. It is uh, everything you're talking about is this ritual of how do I prepare this thing? And then how does it show up in my cup through all of these steps? And there's just a beauty in the presence of what you're describing. I, I spent a bit of time, quite a bit of time in Japan and their tea and went to a, a particularly beautiful tea ceremony in Kyoto where it lasted two hours mm. and is it was so right up my alley because it was all about being fully in the moment, as you said, and the the deep God is in the details and they're artists, mm-hmm. they're tea artists. They they are just masters. I mean, just the way in which he would tip the tea, finally tip the tea into the different different bowls, and then God went from one bowl to another bowl. I mean, I was in tea heaven. 
not nearly as lengthy as that because I do have to actually get on with my day. But I will set, <laughs> I'm hearing myself talking. I'm sorry, oh my God, Lorraine, you're so weird. Uh, at night, when I'm done cleaning up the kitchen and I'm done with a very exhausting day, I will set a tea tray for the morning. I will set a really pretty white doily or a, or a linen cloth on my counter. I will set up my teapot. I will set up my teacup and my saucer. And I will set my whatever tea I'm sometimes drinking. But I will make it really pretty. And I will oftentimes put a flower for myself there so that, you know, I, 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 I live a very busy life and some of it is just in the trenches. I'm, a, I'm an active mom. I, I have a career. I'm pretty hands-on. And so um, most of my day is grunt work, <laughs> honestly, mm-hmm. uh, loving grunt work. But it's, you know, those of us in television, you know, the, there's very little glamorous actually about the day-to-dayness of right. it. And so I'm I'm tired and I'm, I'm so I try to start my day lovely and I try to end mm. my day lovely. I also buy very 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 good sheets. I make a great bed. <laughs> I feel like we, I, we all just want to come visit. We want to come visit your house. I could have talked about the importance of beds right. too. Really right. So when I come down in the morning and you know kids are asleep you sometimes just have a half hour to yourself before the house gets going or the day gets going and the phone starts ringing I will have I will either take my tea service to I put a swing in my living room because I I I like to swing inside the house (laughs) and so I'll take it to the swing in the living room or I'll I'll just find a spot by a window and just sit with a lovely tea service and have your first cup of tea. And, and oftentimes people who know me go, they'll call and say, have you had your cup of tea yet? And I'll go, no. <laughs> call me back. I'm going to need an hour. Well, what I, I love, first of all, I hope that people who are listening really take what you're saying to heart because how I would describe what you're doing is who you are in the present is caring for who you're going to be in the future. So you're setting up this beautiful moment for tomorrow's version of you. And I feel like most women especially do the opposite. We will sabotage tomorrow's version of ourselves for today's comfort or for today's ease or to do something faster or to get through it. And we're not really concerned about the future version of ourselves. So I really identify with the idea of how do you prepare today for the experience that you want to have tomorrow. I just think that is such a good piece of wisdom. And I hope listeners really hear that. But I'm curious, like, Lorraine, was this always a part of your life? Were you raised this way? Like, when did you adopt these practices of this sort of presence and slowing down and appreciating these, like, things inside of of each day? I've cultivated Mm -hmm. that. I've cultivated that for most of my life. And I just believe that how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so I cultivate presence. You know, this is such a new age kind of airy-fairy. There's a lot of talk given to this. But I, 
I don't talk about it very much. I just do mm. it. It's 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 too hard to talk about, you know, being fully present. And when you're fully present, you don't really want to talk about being fully yep. present because you're really too busy being present. It's so real. I feel like the because of a lot of a lot of the work I do is about writing or communicating or how do I take these things that I've learned and sort of serve them to a wider audience. And I think, especially over the last 18 months, the more present and centered I become in myself, the less present I'm able to be for a community or uh, like social media or because I, I actually am serving myself so much better when I'm not trying to figure out how to explain to other people what it means to be this way. Like, I love, I love you saying that because it resonates with me so much. Social media is the antithesis of presence. Absolutely. Uh, it's almost impossible to be fully, you can, you can be fully present in anywhere in the midst of anything, including mm -hmm. social media. But I must tell you, it's not designed for presence. Mm -hmm. And I would challenge that it's awfully hard to remain present in the presence of social media. It's yes. not, it, it's, it's designed to be the antithesis of it. It's designed to pull you into, it's, it, it happens in the past and it happens in the future and it pretends to happen in the present because everything is instantaneous, but it actually isn't. It isn't presence. It's some other, um, it's a trick. Unpressed. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna chew on that today. The idea that it's instantaneous, but it's not actually present. Correct. That's a really that's a really good thought because you're putting this energy and this sort of life force into this other place that is with you, right? Because it's on the phone, but not not really you and who you are in this space. Talk about like it doesn't somebody... bounce back. It doesn't bounce back to you. Right, right. It doesn't give anything back to you. It's a black hole. Yes. That yes. cannot that can never be filled. Yes. Gosh, so good. Is that something like this idea of being present in your life? Is this something that you had before you became a mom? So I have a lot of listeners who are moms, and I know you know when you're caring for someone else or maybe many someone else's you sort of get pulled outside of yourself, which is this real tension to hold because you want to care well for them, but simultaneously you should be practicing for them what it looks like to care for yourself. So is that something that you carried throughout being a mom or you had it before or you've developed it as, as time has gone on? I had presence. I woke up before I became a mom mm. and there is a challenge. There are challenges in, in motherhood, which, um, and gifts, Lord knows, because one of the gifts is presence. Mm -hmm. Children are fully present. Yes. They're fully present. They are exquisitely present. And to be with my daughter, the best way to be with my daughter was to be fully present. The best meeting place with my child was always fully present. So she was a constant reminder to, I didn't bring her into my unconscious world. I consistently went into her present world. Mm. And that's the gift. That's one of the gift of children. And 
when you give a child that gift of, of practicing and walking your talk, then you don't teach them how to be not present. And children have to be taught that because it's not their natural inclination, right? Right. They have to be taught to be unconscious. And they learn to be unconscious. That is so good. They learn unconsciousness from you because of how you interact with them. If you interact with them unconsciously, or if you've got a phone and they're wanting your attention, but your attention is is here and there, and here and there, and here and there. You are teaching them how to be fully unconscious. You're, you're, you're teaching them. So I didn't, to the best of my ability, do that with my child, right? When I was with her, I was fully with her, to the best of my ability. Now, there's a price to that because, oh, you're exhausted. <laughs> It's exhausting right. and you're tired and if you're hands-on and if you're caring. Um, but honestly, I remember my daughter must have been three. By three, she had learned, you know, mommy's going to take a time out for herself because mommy's going to have me time for the next half hour. So mm-hmm. you could do whatever you want to do, but I'm going to have me time. Mm-hmm. and so. I built into teaching her respites for myself too, because I needed, and it's hard. It's hard because you're giving and giving and giving, and then you're running on empty, you know, and then you've got to catch yourself that you're running on empty. And then you've got to go, God, I'm running on empty. You can't give what you don't have. And so if for no other reason I would replenish myself is because I really wanted to give my daughter my best self. And yeah. my best self included pulling back from her sometimes to put back in, to, to yes. pour back in, to fill up again. So, and oftentimes back to tea, sometimes she's learned to be a tea aficionado. And, it, you know, in, in mid-afternoon, I would take that half hour and go, no, 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 this is not about you for the next half hour. Yeah. <laughs> have tea. You can sit here in the room, but no, I'm not doing anything for you. Mm -hmm. You're fine for the next half hour. I'm going to sit and have a lovely cup of tea. Yes. And staying, being present and staying present in a world that doesn't support that can be challenging. Yeah. I, I kept her off of screens for the longest time for that reason, you know, and I think she's still doing pretty good. We keep it down to a few hours a day. And because she still doesn't have the off button, I, I, I keep my finger on the off button and go, okay, yeah. you're, done. you're done for the day. No yeah. more today. Yeah. How, how old is she now? She's 16 now. Oh, 16. Oh, my gosh. My daughter's four. So I'm at a very different stage than you are. But I do find I have three boys and then my youngest is, is oh, my daughter. Tired. All oh, the yeah, kids, babies. right? But I find it amazing how different it is to have a daughter and yeah. how much she is this, you know, they, they say this a lot, like your children are little mirrors of you and how you show up in the world. And she is such a mirror and such a, at like hard, woo, my goodness, the amount of times that I hear 
God, the universe be like, oh, did you think we were going to give you a, a a sweet little gentle spirit? No, right, right. You it hear is. the voice coming out of that oh, and you go, my gosh. good, bad, and otherwise. It's right. like, ooh, right. there I am. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this little sassy child. And I'm like, well, I probably you know that from. Yeah. I know. Where could that be? How do you feel like it has that sort of mirroring has changed for you from the time that she was little to now she's truly a woman and you know she's sort of gonna launch into her what her adult life will be like here, you know, in a few years. What is what how has that changed? Or do you feel like it that's sort of been the constant is that it's always a mirror of where you are in your evolutionary process. It's it's mirroring, yes, but it's it's also my job has been to facilitate her realizing all of who and what she is and bearing witness to that and judiciously guiding but also staying out of the way with that. And so I'm watching this incredible human being that has many of my traits, many of my traits, and traits that I I maybe couldn't see fully in myself, but gosh, I see them outpictured in her. And I'm so glad I like myself because (laughs) (laughs) I really like like me. So um, when I see myself reflected back, I I can only chuckle and go, wow, there, there I am. There I am. And you know, she's at the age now where COVID has been devastating on so in so many different ways but it has also been an incredible gift in so many other ways yeah and so i feel like i i've i've gotten her one more year right on the brink of saying goodbye losing her to peers and losing her mm-hmm. to, to schoolyard discussions of of everything from from love to sex to every every subject on the planet gets discussed there and influenced there. I feel like I've had one more year of, I don't know, just fully baking, having her be fully baked before we take her out. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. It's been it's been lovely and she's old enough now where we're having different kinds of conversations. And my daughter is very present. She's very, very present, which is lovely. Scary at times because now she's, you know, she gets to call me on stuff, you know? Yeah. But she is very in tune. So I feel really good about that, that part of mothering. One of my favorite things about this show is that uh, people will start out talking about tea mm-hmm. and we end up, you know, talking about presence and motherhood. This has been such a treat. I sincerely am going to cross my fingers and hope that there's a world where we get to have tea in person someday because I feel like I would love to learn everything. I will nerd out with you so hard about, I'll listen to everything. I am such a sponge. I'll go to that Paris tea house with you. I'll sit there all day. Like, <laughs> we want to go to India and tour the, yes, let's go to the tea place. I'm I'm here for it all. Lorraine, this was truly such a, a delight today. So I'm really glad that we got the time to 
learn from you and hear about this thing that you're so passionate about. And I think, look, I have my list of the teas that I'm going to order. But if listeners are, they want to spend more time with you, find out more about what you're up to, where can we send them online to find out or where can they just get to know you better? You know, I had a wonderful website that's still up and I'm about to revamp it a bit, but um, a great deal of my philosophy is still there. It's called Everyday Lovely by Lorraine. And it, it was a website that I created because... I really do believe that every day deserves to be lovely and lovely doesn't have to be fancy. Lovely is everyday, everyday mm-hmm. things. Um, like a cup of tea that you just take the time to, to be present with. And so every day really can be lovely, no matter what. No yeah. matter what. So um, that's my philosophy. And there's a website there, Everyday Lovely by Lorraine. Well, this was lovely. So <laughs> I honestly, I, I'm really, I'm really touched by the time together. And I'm going to take a lot of wisdom away from this conversation and things that I personally want to sort of chew on and, and meditate and doing better. So I appreciate the time and I know that the audience will have appreciated it too. So thank you so much. Your Faves Faves is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. The show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with production support from Sterling Coates. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Your Faves Faves is a 3% chance production. Mm -hmm.